0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I can't wait to deliver today's content. We're talking about the two hottest, most interesting, most compelling new Amazon ad types. And uh, I say new, relatively new. But we're going to be diving into some things that if you're selling on Amazon... If you're considering selling on Amazon, if your competitors are on Amazon, you need to be aware of these ad types. This is going to be a deep dive into sponsored brand video, which if I had to pick favorites, this is my favorite right now, probably because I've always had a little bit of an affinity to video. And we'll, we'll talk about the other reasons why I like this so much in a minute. And then Amazon DSP. And so Amazon DSP isn't all that new, but it is new to a lot of our clients. And, and maybe it's new to you listening to this Podcast. So, we're going to break those down, show you why they're powerful, how to use them, what kind of results we're seeing, and uh, hopefully, this will be really useful for you. This episode of the e commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And in addition to this podcast, we want to be a resource for you, helping you accelerate your e commerce growth. I have a few powerful resources that are yours. For the taking. First, if you're an Amazon seller, we have two resources I think you might like. One is called our DSP roadmap. If you're considering Amazon DSP, it's a special type of Amazon display ads, which has some targeting features that will blow your mind. Uh, Get our Amazon DSP roadmap. If you're interested in sponsored brand video, formerly video and search, check out that guide. On the Google side, we have the ultimate guide to Google Shopping. This is a guide I wrote several years ago. but We got some updated information. Now you can get free Google Shopping listings. This guide will help you in that process. We also have our top YouTube ad templates. I think you're going to love that one. And then the guide to getting authentic customer testimonials. All of these give you detailed information on how to make these things happen. Very valuable but also very free. Check them out, omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and guides. Check it out for yourself. And now, back to the show. There's no better guest for me to bring on the show today than the man himself. He is our Amazon director. This guy is a, a PPC master um, and just, you know, a math wizard and and loves this stuff, really can geek out. In fact, I have to rein him in sometimes because he he <laughs> is out about this stuff so much and he talks above our heads on occasion. But uh delighted to welcome to the show the OMG Commerce Amazon director, Chris
1: Tyler. What's it's up, Chris? good to be How's back, coming? Brad. Uh, doing well, man. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, you know, you you always say humble things like, you know, I don't like to be on podcasts and stuff like that. But you you were on a podcast, it's, it's been a while now, but you crushed it, and so you're back. You're back again, man. This is round number two for you on the on the uh, e-commerce evolution podcast.
1: Yeah, and I, I know you get feedback saying like that the past podcast was the most popular. So I'm hoping that this one kind of breaks the bank. <laughs> it
0: really. So you'd probably have to get into a dispute with Chris Brewer, co-founder of of OMG <laughs> Commerce, because he, you know, he's he's been on the podcast. A few times, always does a great job. We have a lot of fun together, but he does like to embellish his stats a little bit and, yeah. and also highlight the fact that you know one one of his episodes. and We did this episode called uh, "10x Factors of e-commerce Growth," and he and I did that together. It was one of the most popular shows, but I, your episode may have beaten it. I don't actually. I can't confirm that. Can't get we'll to go that back tonight. and check. Let's <laughs> we'll go back and go back and check, and uh, we'll probably need to get some independent third parties to verify, and make sure, sure. we no one's cheating on the numbers. Uh, but anyway, it was a great show, and really excited to talk about these two aspects of Amazon advertising. Before we do that, though, Chris, just and I, I already told your job title, but but tell people kind of what you do, and uh, talk about the team that you lead here at OMG Commerce, and uh, brag on that team a little bit.
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, it, it's been a pretty awesome journey. So we started the Amazon side at OMG probably four years and a half years ago. Uh, and it was just me at that time and, you know, figuring out people. It was a department of one. Uh, you were <laughs> Yeah, you know, was uh, the department. I was the head of the department and the department. Okay. Um, you so were the employee, you were the director, you almost fired yourself.
0: I, I won employee of the month,
1: <laughs> yeah, every month. Exactly. Uh, you kept, you kept
0: uh, lobbying <laughs> for a raise for yourself. It was interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it kind of was a, a great journey, but also awesome transition, uh, several transitions from, being a specialist, figuring out PPC, to bringing on a team, uh, being the director, managing people. Uh, and, and as we've grown as a team, and it's been really awesome who we brought on and, and how they've just grown with us. It's been awesome moving to director in the whole Amazon team growing where my focus now goes to managing a crack shot team that uh, just excels at PPC and beyond. And then working on things like API development, uh, sponsor and video strategies, DSP growth, when there are challenges in, inherent for really every agency right now. Um, and so it, it's just been a move there. And then the team we have uh, has been amazing. We've got people that have been with us for like three plus years, but also bringing people in that have run businesses on Amazon doing 10, 20 million plus a year has allowed us to start moving from just PPC focus to. Uh, strategic guidance on uh, operations, you know, product uh, guidance, as well as so many other facets within Amazon. And so, I feel like you know we're still focused on PPC, but that full growth and full Amazon mindset, both on Amazon and off, going to it uh, has definitely been a movement for us in the past couple of years, and that's just been super exciting.
0: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a ton of fun to to observe and watch you grow as a leader, but also watch the Amazon team. Grow and, and hey, listen, Amazon as an advertising platform is like a rocket ship, right? It, it's growing at an incredible pace. It's already yeah. the number three online ad platform behind Google and Facebook. And you know, this year, ad revenue is going to be 12 billion or something like that, maybe pushing 15 billion. You know, the, the projections are in the next few years is going to be north of 20 billion with a B. In, in ad spend. And so it, it, it's not going to be long. And Amazon's ad revenue is going to be what Facebook's total revenue was a few years ago. And you know, Facebook is all, almost all ad revenue. So just, just the growth of that platform is crazy. Also, the growth of Amazon, right? When you look at, at the lockdown and how so much retail brick and mortar traffic shifted online and, and Amazon grabbed their unfair share of that, just the way Amazon is evolving... That really means our team, or, or if you're listening to this, your Amazon team has to be flexible and has to respond quickly to, to changes. And so it's just been a ton of fun watching the team you know, during, during the lockdown, as an example, help our clients pivot from FBA to FBM, right? Fulfilled by Amazon to Fulfilled by Merchant. When Amazon said, hey, oops, sorry, you're not uh, an essential. We can't deliver your items now for four weeks. And so we, as a team, rallied, helped our clients get set up with FBM. Together, third-party logistics, and all kinds of stuff, and just just help pull that off. But uh, you know, I mentioned on the podcast before, I coach basketball, so I'm a I'm a coach, very much a like an amateur coach. But I think I think I can spot a good team. I can spot a team that like plays together well, strategizes well, like just the clicks. in our Amazon team, the Amazon team here at OMG is one that really clicks and gels and, and big big thanks to you as the the leader of that of that team.
1: They they make me look good. <laughs> that,
0: that is true. And that spoken like a true uh or like a good coach there, right? You give all the all the credits to the team, which which is true. And so uh, let's dive in. Let's talk about first sponsored brand video and we're gonna dive into what it is, how it works, some tips, some do's and don'ts, and then talk about some results. So uh, I wanna kind of talk about, you know, what this is. And then I'm actually going to even show uh, a couple of examples that I think will be, will be useful or, or an example that I think will be useful. And so I'm still always interested. Some of our clients will talk about sponsor brand video and they'll say, Oh, no, I've never seen that or heard of it. Likely as a shopper, you either have encountered this ad or you will in the very near future. But this ad is... Um, As you're scrolling, this this first started on on a mobile device. uh, Now it's available on desktop. As you're scrolling through the search results for whatever product search you're conducting, you may encounter a video ad. Uh, The first iteration when this ad type was in beta, a fairly closed beta, it was called video in search, right? Because there's a video ad in the search results. And then as most good ad platforms do, Google does this all the time. You know, Amazon changed the name to sponsor brand video, which I think is more... Fitting. And so let me just show you kind of what this ad looks like. So this is uh, a search for smart home. And as you scroll through here, you'll see that, hey, we got some different smart home devices. But oh, look at that. There's the all new Echo second generation. So uh, for those that are watching, and I'll mute that but for those that are that are watching you'll see that hey everything is static right we're scrolling through here we see product images we see titles we see prices all the things you would expect to see on a search results page and then all of a sudden bang there's a video playing that's just you know begging for your attention and so on this particular video it's showing kind of the inside of the amazon uh, the echo and and why it works so well and how it's spying on you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it shows you, you know, all, all the all the benefits of the the Echo, but it shows it in video form, and so it's just it's just super super powerful. So I'll stop sharing my screen, and now we can uh, just chat again. But uh, Chris, let, let's talk a little bit. Let's kind of tease some of the results that we're seeing with this ad type, and then we'll get into some of the specifics because we've really learned, you know, what type of video ads work here. How should you think about this? How should you structure it? Uh, but what what kind of results are we seeing? Uh,
1: first off, amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I was looking prior to this call just to make sure that uh, this stat wouldn't be off, but it's literally a hundred percent of the advertisers that are utilizing it. Uh, the returns fantastic. Uh, volume. Yeah, we, does... have, we
0: haven't come up with a single dud yet no. on this. And and if we're if we're being transparent, which we should be. Uh, not all of the videos we're running are just great, right? Some of the video ads are like, yeah, that could be better, but hey, testing, we're testing right now. So.
1: Yeah, and, and there's always a fine line between quality and quantity, especially with something that's uh, new to market and you, you want to test. Right. Um, the only thing that changes is really volume and then the metrics within that, but the actual return has been great. Um, and what we see is click-through rates, they're honestly 3 to 10x what they are on sponsored product and about. Two to five on sponsor brand, if not a little bit higher. And uh, so
0: let's just let's just remind people what sponsor products are and sponsor brands are. I know you, longtime Amazon peeps, you know those, you know those inside and out. But uh, sponsor product and sponsor brand, what are they?
1: Yes, yeah, so the sponsored product are uh, those sponsored ads you see in search results that look like an organic listing, but they are an ad, uh, and, and that's what I talk about for this, just within the search results, but. They can also go on product pages um, under beneath the fold, and and uh, sponsor brand is that banner ad with the three products, and you can put the brand logo. They added custom image data, which maybe the next podcast we do we can chat on. Look um, at that already lobbying, <laughs> right, for I'll, it.
0: Talk, I'll talk to the you know the production team. We'll see. We'll see how this one goes. We'll see how one okay. goes. We'll All see. right.
1: Uh, and a lot of that's above the fold. Sponsor brand can show beneath and a few other places, but the majority is that top banner ad. Uh, and that's what most people are familiar with. So that's kind of the high level we can go on the weeds, but uh, yeah, that's
0: yeah. it, perfect. And and so you know historically, sponsor products, the, the the listings that are actually ads, but they show up with the organic listings, those have been like tried and true, yeah. kind of the the baseline, the foundation. You know, every Amazon advertiser, you know, they're running sponsor products, and that's usually the highest return most efficient, that's where most of the volume is. Most of is the spin. Yeah. yeah. That's where everything is. But comparing sponsor brand video, which shows up you know, really close to sponsored products, how do the two
1: compare? Uh, sponsor brand video just knocks everything out of the water. Um, and, and what's really neat, and I'm not sure if it's a function of just being so new that uh, not everyone's leaned into it. And even with the advertisers we work with, uh, there's still... Several that are not running, and it's because of their own kind of lack of video creation and feeling of, hey, this is something we need to do, which, in my opinion, whether it's uh, in house or you get someone to build it, you should be doing videos like right after this podcast. Um, But what's really interesting is the CPC. So, oftentimes, CPCs are actually less than sponsor brand and sponsor product. And if they're higher, it's only like 10, 15% more. Uh, and that just blows my mind because if, if you see sponsor brand video on desktop, uh, and it used to be where it was just at the bottom when they, they first rolled it right, out. And go, I'm like,
0: you, you it, right yeah. a search
1: great, you have to scroll all
0: the way to the bottom, like next to the click
1: on next page, right? That's where the sponsor is. And, and for is high search volume one. keyword, you're talking like 30 rows. And so right. you were getting volume, in, and they've since moved it towards like in the middle or like the third mm-hmm. to fifth row. Um, when that happened, volume like. 5 to 10x, uh, click-through rate improved just because you're that, uh, that high within it. And then what's cool on desktop is the space itself is just out of this world. So it's essentially taking uh, the whole horizontal uh, placement, and which is the equivalent of four organic listings or four sponsored product listings. So the idea of getting... Basically half that space is almost a giant sponsor product listing. And it maybe we'll have to like add in an uh, image kind of at the podcast when we list this. But actually, actually I actually have one I can show. So show it. It's yeah. totally worth it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, as as Chris mentioned, and I kind of alluded to it before as well, that the sponsor brand video used to only show up on mobile. And then Amazon started testing it on desktop. And but when they first tested on desktop, it was buried at the at the very bottom. Here's what it kind of looks like now. And I'm not sure if this is a really updated version. I think I grabbed this screenshot pretty recently. Yeah. But as you're scrolling down, like yeah, like you mentioned, this is maybe three or five listings down or kind of in the middle of the page thereabout. But uh, again, now this is just a, a static screenshot. But as you scroll, that video is auto-playing, right? It's auto-playing so you can yeah. see it. And this is a, a smart speaker. And so it really does capture your attention. I mean, it's just like a... You know, it's like a sea of color when the rest of the world is black and white, right? Because everything else is static and this is moving. It just it just really
1: grabs you. So exactly. And and the cool thing is, and you mentioned it, and I think there's more to touch on with that. We have advertisers we're working with that just don't have the ability or content to create really well polished videos. Yes. Right. And that's uh, yeah,
0: it wasn't disparaging any of our clients' videos or or our ability to produce videos, but some you know, it's not as easy as just getting a picture, right? Getting a video put together is a little bit hard. Yeah.
1: And and so we started months ago testing them out. And what's really cool, and and this may be short term, I know you're very bullish on long term, get great video because this will get more competitive. And I do agree with you. Uh, What we're finding is while click through rate might be half of what you get from a really well done video, it's still 2 to 5x more uh, click through rate than you do with like sponsor brand, sponsor product currently. I think that's an ode to the placement, right? Yep. So like you just show that half of it's almost like a giant two X sponsored product listing. Then you have the video. It stops you no matter what the video is, um, and and that's a huge thing where we're still seeing the the CPC be lower, a cost be twenty to thirty percent lower. Yeah. It's just the click through rate that suffers, but it's still a a a win in my mind to to get in the to right video. Better than what we're yeah. seeing with other
0: ad types. So. So it's it's really great, and and I I noticed this just recently. We were shopping for a projector to use outside. We 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 built a deck and we bought a screen, and so we're we're doing you know outdoor movie nights as a family and stuff like that. And as I was looking for projectors on Amazon, I totally clicked on a sponsor brand video, and you know after I clicked on it, I was like, well let me let me watch this video, right? Because what we do, and so I wanted to analyze the video. It was not a good video. Like it was like, hey, this you know it projects. screen. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like not telling me anything. But here's how you movement. turn it on. Yeah. Here's how you turn it on. Look, you can, it will actually work. And uh, you know, so yeah. it wasn't really telling me some of the, the deeper questions I had about the product, but it still got me to click because it was video and it was movement. The benefit and, and of the placement in the video just yeah is so new. Yeah. Yep, yep. It just works. So there's some novelty. I do think as, as Amazon, Continues to push this ad unit, you know, and they've, they've already done that. It moved from the bottom of the page on desktop to now mid page. We're starting to see this for more and more searches. Um, you'll have to up your game. You'll have to get better at creating videos. But, you know, we, we do a lot with YouTube, and I talk a lot on the podcast about YouTube, and I, and I love YouTube and crafting a great YouTube video ad. Uh, creating a good YouTube ads is kind of tough. Like it's, you know, you're, you're talking about sort of like TV, but. You got to be faster up front. And anyway, I won't, I won't divert us too much to YouTube, but, but creating a good YouTube ad is pretty difficult. Creating a really good sponsor brand video, video ad is not as hard. Um, yeah. And so we'll kind of walk through some of the details on that in just a minute.
1: The, the um, other thing, uh, not to cut you off, right, but yeah, I'm really excited about this, is uh, looking through all the advertisers who are running sponsor brand video, uh, I'm sure question the, the listeners will have is, you know, what's the volume on this? Okay, it's great return, yes. great place when I'm sold. And what we see is normally a five to 10% of total ad spend. And I the, the highest is, that
0: increase, right? We're seeing, we're seeing the opportunity
1: to to push that. It, it's continually that. moving. Yeah. So this is pretty new, like three or four right. months of people actually leaning into it. We had a couple that were at the very beginning that are like at the high end of 15%. Um, And then we we do have some that are kind of creeping up on that 15%. And so if you look at your current ad spend, especially uh, for sizable accounts, but it doesn't have to only be that, you can quickly say, okay, I'm spending X amount, here's my return. Do the math and say, hey, like safe bet is within like two, three months, you'll hit 10% volume. CPCs will be the same or a little bit lower, not guaranteed, but should be around that range. And then A cost we normally see 10 to 30% lower. So, you can quickly see the impact that it can give you. Yeah. Um, and I know we'll talk about this later, but because it's CPC, you're not playing the guessing game. Uh, you know that the traffic's coming in, that the, the sales are attributed based on traffic actually up going to your product page. Um, so, again, it's just a, I would. Pause this. Go get some videos. Launch them on your <laughs> yeah. your, your uh, advertising account, and come back those in the right. Yeah, gotta yeah, gotta
0: make this this happen for sure. Yeah, and, and let's go ahead and, and just underscore that point so people know that this is a, a CPC ad unit. You know, just like sponsored products, you're paying only if someone clicks, and uh, so that that's you know important to to underscore. Um, Chris, a couple of things. What what products do you think are are best suited? Or sponsor brand video, or is it just wide open?
1: Yeah, so it, there's kind of several answers to that. The first one is they're all going to do well. Uh, obviously, there's tiers to how well in volume. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the, the, the accounts that have done the best and, and utilize this the best, just because it's so new to specific products that I don't have, like, hey, if you have this product, do it. And if you don't, uh, I'm not sure. But where I've seen this utilized best is. Uh, you know, if you're an, an advertiser selling Amazon and you've got that like hero one to three products, it's a no brainer to get quality videos for those. Push them hard; they're they're high sellers for a reason. So I'm sure you've got tons of search volume, uh, you know, search term data to build off of, and just launch strong. And that's one of those where you don't really have a build up in the volume; you just kind of launch them. You know that things work, so you can get more aggressive with the bids and the budget. Um, the other areas we've seen this work amazing is uh, com- competitive spaces, so skincare supplements, um, where CPCs might be two to four dollars. Uh, Sponsorship videos coming in with bids maybe dollar twenty, dollar fifty, and as a percent perspective, ten to forty percent lower CPCs. Even though the placement's like the best you can get,
0: which is crazy. Um, but but it also just so so you know we're getting it's a better placement. The click through rate is higher. And we're actually paying lower CPCs. But if you think about it, if you're a long-term advertising person, if you're an ad geek like myself, um, the same is true on Google, right? If you have a higher click-through rate, Google's going to reward you with a lower CPC. It appears that Amazon is doing something similar, right? Where they're actually making more money on this ad type because the click-through rate is so much higher. And so they're kind of rewarding you with a, with a lower CPC. And so really it's, it, it's a win-win, you know, it's a win for everybody.
1: Yeah. And, and, and to that point of supplements, so this can be for any of the competitive categories. Uh, we did a case study where, um, the advertiser did not have videos. And, and one of the things we get a lot with some of these categories is like, what kind of video am I going to create? Like somebody's taking pills in the morning, right? When it comes right. to that, the supplement yeah. space, Here's a uh, close-up of the pill, isn't this? Real thing? slow motion, and you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what they did Physical was... <laughs> all drops above the pill. And, yeah, exactly. Um, what they did was more of like the templated, hey, here's images with uh, ad copy on it. Uh, Animoto is the tool that we use, but... Um, yeah. they yeah, built this Animoto, out
0: Animoto, it is a tool. We're not affiliated, but it's a cool tool where you can upload little video clips or still images, and it will kind of animate them for yeah. you it doesn't create like the best sponsor brand video ad. In fact, I'm beginning to like, oh man, we got, we got to do better than that. But... Uh, well, you're a creative guy. Yeah this, yeah, this is a volume play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but if you want to test it or yeah, if you have a ton of price, you want to crank stuff out, it's still going to perform better than just a static uh, image yeah. ad. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and so they did that. I don't know if they use Animoto, but it was that kind of setup. And within three months, uh, it is now 15% of their total... Ad volume, their ad cost is thirty percent better. Their click through rate is like a two point five percent on these just kind of static image videos, where uh, it's probably like an eight x of their average click through rate. Wow! Uh, and it's just blowing out of the water. And they've done that's it for so maybe. A cost thirty to forty percent low lower click through rate,
0: eight x, and now it's fifteen percent of of ad spend. So so that's it's just the kind of things. Yeah, where if you could take your current results, grow it by 10 15 percent, and and really we're seeing it. Grow pretty rapidly, so I think it's going to go beyond that. Especially as Amazon starts showing these these ad units more, uh, and it's more efficient. Uh, conversion rates are great. It, it's just really there's, there's so many good things going on
1: here. It, it, and, the, and then the last one I'll just tell real quick is we have several sellers that have like thousands of products, right? So their concern was like, you know, we can't do high quality and do for high everything, value, right? Yeah, so they did it for their top products, but uh, we also ran a, a separate case study saying, all right, let's take 50 of your top products that really don't have enough sessions and sales to warrant you know, dropping X amount on, on custom videos, uh, built out some templated videos, and those are about 8% of the total ad spend. And this is a giant account. So like it's bringing in like 100 grand in ad sales with the same thing. It costs 20-30% better, click-through rate is 3, 3x higher, I'm sure if we had custom images, it'd be like 6 or custom video would be like 6 7x. But I, I find if you have a lot of products, uh, going that route for now uh, is great bang for the buck. And, and the only reason you know we, we're not scaling past that is we're building the next grouping of videos. Uh, so there really isn't any reason not to do it. Um, it's just how do you create the videos, what do they look like is definitely something every uh, seller on Amazon should really take time to think on. But those are the three that came up as, hey, these are awesome wins that stood out to me. Love it.
0: And, and yeah, my advice would be really, it doesn't matter what product you sell on Amazon, you should test this ad type. If you have a real high consideration product, you know, some some electronic or maybe it says a slightly higher priced product or even a supplement where someone like really wants to know the details and the feature benefit and stuff like that. Video is going to help you tell the story better than just any any static image could. But really, I think just the power of the ad type, you should test it regardless of what you sell. So let's do this. I want to I want to dive in and talk about what separates a great sponsor brand video ad from an average one. And hey, average is okay here, and especially you know, if you want to do something more elaborate, like a great video for your your top two to three hero products, and then something just you know fairly quick and easy for the other products. I think that's a, a totally viable. Strategy, but let's walk through. Here are about about five tips that, that I've got for creating a sponsor, a great sponsor brand video ad. So, first one is you need to tell the story without sound, right? If the video is overly dependent on a narrator or a voiceover, then you're starting off on kind of the wrong foot because these video ads do autoplay without sound, someone has to click on them to enable the sound. So they're more like a, an Instagram video ad in that, in that regard. So tell the, the story without sound. So visuals, text, things like that. Very, very important. Uh, the next one demonstrate the product, right? Show, don't tell. And, you know, what we've seen, I actually was, you know, and I look at a lot of video again, because, you know, the YouTube connection and then sponsor brand video and NDSP. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at videos all the time. Saw this uh, founder story for a really great product that I won't mention what it is on, on the podcast but it was a great product. It was like the founder's story and the founder was talking about like all her personal struggles leading up to inventing this product and how this product kind of changed her life. And now it's changing her customer's life. It was really, it was a beautiful video. Uh, it would be a terrible sponsor brand video ad though because a lot of it was just her on camera talking and telling the story. Well, you got to you gotta get into the mind of the customer, right? As they see this ad, they're actively shopping. They're scrolling, they're shopping. So what are they looking for? They're looking for features, they're looking for benefits. They're looking for, is this product, will this product fit for my need that I'm shopping for right now? So I'm looking for a particular projector. I want to know the resolution. I want to know like how big can this thing Project, you know, what kind of warranty it has? Is it durable? I got kids knocking it over. What's going to happen? So, so, what are people wanting to to know about this product? So, feature benefit. Uh, also, optimized for mobile viewing. Even though this ad is great on desktop, you want to optimize for mobile viewing. So, what does that mean? That means tight product shots, right? It's it's you know, on on a small handheld device, you don't want to be way zoomed out and the product is tiny in the video, zoomed in crop uh, text that's easy to read, right? We, we Chris, you and I were analyzing a video recently uh, for a home decor client and they had some text overlays. And the text was <laughs> tiny. It was like nine fonts or something I'm
1: like And like can't... super faded, like almost <laughs> transparent. And, and, I, and I would say like less is more, right? Like there's so much you can say about your product, but pick a few words, even if it's like four, that's much better than writing a paragraph yes. that no one can see and no one takes time to read. Yep.
0: You know, walls of copy, a screen that has five bullet points on it. No, no, no. Like that doesn't work. Like but when they get to the product, product page,
1: they can read that. You're just exactly. trying to get that click
0: through. You want those, but put that on the product detail page. And so don't overwhelm them. You know, it's got to be optimized for mobile. Uh, answer the burning questions, right? What, what does the client actually care about? This is not a time for hyperbole around your product and and mysterious, you know, we live to solve problems and blah blah blah. Like, no, no, no. Like, what does the product do? You know, how how durable is it? I want to see it in action. I want to know, again, my burning questions. I want you to answer them in the video. And I, I love the old, the old Google mantra of, hey, what if what if great ads are just answers to questions? Right. And I think that totally applies here. And Again, you're going to win if it's a if it's just a mediocre ad, but if it's a great ad,
1: mm, man, you can really do well. Did you have a thought? Yeah, in regards to like answering the question, it's an easy uh, practice to kind of look at your search term results and see one what's performing well and and okay, like they're not all questions, but they're looking for something, so you can tailor your your video towards that or even make separate videos to to target relevant search terms and segment that further. Um, and then the other thing is the ones that don't get click through it, but good click through it, but have high search volume and are relevant. Well, think about why that might be the case. And if the video can answer that or speak to it, especially at the beginning of the video, you might be able to get traffic from search terms that you're currently not able to with ads that don't really tell the story. Uh, so I'm a big fan of using the data you have. So looking at search term uh, data is something I recommend
0: really smart. Totally agree. So look at your keyword data cuz really a keyword search sort of is a question, right? Like what's best for this or I'm looking for to you know to to solve this particular problem. I think another area to look at is your your product reviews. What do people say over and over again about yeah. your product or you know one of the other strategies we talk about a lot just with Amazon in general is looking at some of the negative reviews that that your category has or that other products in your space have. What are the negative things because you can speak then against that. Hey, it doesn't fade or break or, or whatever. Like whatever the negative things are, highlight that your product doesn't do those things in the video. So this this is a this is much more your QVC or your Billy Mays or your you know you're really selling the feature benefit rather than you being you know Steven Spielberg and, and directing this beautiful, uh, well shot video that's that's telling a complex story, right? Yeah. And, and maybe there is a great story behind your product lead with demonstration, lead with showing the product and then back up and tell the story, but tell the story visually, tell the story with text as well, because people are often watching without sound. And uh, so anyway, there's just a few tips. We've got more. There's, there's actually a free guide that I highly recommend. Um, the author is just brilliant of this guide. I, I, I read all his stuff. No, actually, I'm about to make myself vomit. I, I wrote it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but check that's it, free at OMG commerce. I'll link to the show notes, but it's under Guide Sponsor Brand Video Success Guide. It's free. Check it out. Get all the details there. Um, one thing we we sort of touched on, but I just want to highlight this real quick, Chris, and then we got to move on the DSP. Although we could keep talking about Sponsor Brand Video for probably another 45 minutes or an hour, but yeah. uh, targeting. So this is keyword targeting. You kind of alluded to that, but you want to just kind of confirm that and, and and share a, a snippet or two about
1: that? Yeah, it's uh, keyword targeting. Uh, you can only have one ASIN uh, selected. Uh, so I think they're coming out with an update for that soon. And when you ran video and search, when it was Amazon managing, uh, you could go to the storefront. At this time you can't, but I, I do think that will come out, which would be helpful for you know brand searches and things where you want to show uh, the whole kind of Array of products you sell. Um, and then the other thing I would mention, uh, kind of separate from this, is in terms of getting access to it, uh, everyone should have access to sponsored brand video it's if you're brand registered. Data,
0: it's an open beta.
1: Yeah. And we used to have issues where, you know, some accounts went in and we either open a case of support or reach out to our own agency rep and we get it right away. Uh, so if you're brand registered and when you go to create a campaign sponsored brands and it doesn't exist as uh, an option, uh, I would recommend reaching out to a Amazon exec if you have one. Open a support case, or honestly, if you really none of those work, you can reach out to us and we kind of have uh, our rep handle that very quickly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Just just chat with us. You can go to the site and chat, or shoot us an email. We're we're happy to assist uh, and chat with you through that. So uh, let's transition. Let's talk about Amazon DSP. And you know, this is also a huge topic. We could have a, a dedicated podcast, just the Amazon DSP, and we might do that at some point in the future. But let me kind of explain what Amazon DSP is. So DSP stands for Demand Side Platform. And that's just a fancy way to say uh, it's kind of a self-service platform where you can log in and, and build your campaigns and build your your ad groups and things like that. Although Amazon calls them something different, but uh, you know it's like getting into Google Ads and building campaigns and ad groups and ads. Uh, what's beautiful though about Amazon DSP is it combines Amazon's shopper data—the data they have on you and I and all the shoppers on Amazon. And then it combines that with ad networks, even the Google Display Network. They kind of go through the back door uh, to access GDN inventory. And so if you think about it, nobody really knows more about your shopping patterns and your shopping behavior than Amazon. If you're an Amazon customer, and uh, in fact, we, we just... My wife and I were talking about this the other day. I said, hey, how, how often do we have Amazon packages coming to our house? And Brittany kind of made a funny face and she said, Hey, I think like most, most days. Uh, and that's the way, but that's the way a lot of people are, right? And, and the pandemic just helped increase that and, and expand that. And so Amazon has tons of shopper data. They know what you're in the market for. They know what you're searching for. They know what you buy. They know what you bought recently. They know what you're about to buy, all these things. And so when you can take that data and then uh, layer that in or use that to run targeted display ads on Amazon and off Amazon, we're talking about a pretty powerful uh, pretty powerful tool and a pretty powerful system. And so, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of business owners really don't like the idea of display ads. And that's because, hey, we've tried in the past and they haven't worked. Or, you know, I get served all kinds of cruddy display ads that I never click on. And so the real issue with display is is if they're not targeted, they're a complete waste. But if they're targeted and if they're presented in the right way, super, super powerful. So, Let's talk about this, Chris. Let's, let's talk about some of the audience targeting options that are available with Amazon DSP because I think, I think these are really some of the most interesting parts about DSP and some really powerful targeting options here. And I think a, a couple options that will surprise some people. So can you walk through some of the audience targeting options and then I'll kind of chime in as you go here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so the, I'll kind of start with the lowest thing for and then, then work our way up. But uh, the one that, that's the meat of it, at least you know, when people start, is retargeting. So the ability to target people that have viewed your products, asins, uh, and who have not purchased. So it's really cool with within DSP. There's an audience builder that is based off of uh, whatever asins you want to put in there. So a the big question we get is, hey, I want to retarget, but I'm parent asin and there's eight child asins. You know, how how does that work? Uh, you can group in any amount of ASINs you want to build a retargeting audience. Um, the the threshold for that is five thousand unique visitors. So normally we do thirty days. That kind of fits the mold for when somebody's considering purchasing. But you can extend that, uh, decrease that if you think that the the, the purchase period of, for consideration is less.
0: Um, and then so what Amazon is doing is Amazon needs what Amazon's saying is, Hey, for us to adequately build an audience here and run ads, that'll be relevant and, you know, get, get you some traction. You need to have 5,000 unique shoppers on your single ASIN or group of ASINs that you give us. And there's kind of a look back window they consider, right? So is that the last 10 days, 15 days, whatever. And w- what you're saying is we usually look at a 30 day look back window. So of uh, a single ASIN or multiple ASINs. Five thousand unique visitors to those ASINs within the last thirty days.
1: Yeah, and it is customizable. And then the idea on the the back end, you can exclude past purchasers, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's similar. Where you can do, all right, past thirty days, past year, uh, and that's a big thing when you kind of compare it with sponsor display. Um, you know, retargeting, quote unquote. Uh, there's just a lot more control there, uh, and you can group even different parent ASIN sets and things like that, uh, and. The other one that is awesome for people that have products that are consumables is repurchasing. Uh, so same deal where you can say, "All right, I want my product is thirty days. Everyone repurchases in that period every thirty. Uh, so I want to target um, people have purchased the last sixty days, but not the last thirty. Or, or and, and that's movable. But the idea that you can hit people when they should be in the market to be repurchasing, and depending on your aggressiveness, you can hit them a little early or a little later to kind of give them a nudge back um and and that's one that just works great and it's low volume in the sense that like you don't have to allocate a huge budget to it. it's a finite audience uh same with retargeting you can very quickly understand how many people didn't purchase during that period and allocate a budget that's not just a high number just because it sounds good and returns great um moving it up well and i
0: just want to highlight those really quickly yeah. so re remarketing and retargeting been around forever but having that ability where you can control it for an Amazon seller is relatively new, right? And so, yeah. thinking about, hey, uh, even even though conversion rates are high on Amazon listings, right, there's still ninety percent or so, eighty percent, if you have a really high conversion rate, it, you know, of people that visit your product detail pages are not purchasing, but they might purchase. And so, if you just give them a nudge, if you just remind them, if you just show them an ad, pulling them back to your listing, you can close more of them, and then. The loyalty piece—that's kind of the bucket we talk about, or the, the stage we talk about—as uh, what you alluded to, where hey, let's get someone to buy more. Let, let's, yeah. let's either get them—if it's a consumable—if they've purchased but they haven't purchased in the last thirty days, let's run an ad as a reminder. Or you know, if they've only purchased one, but most people purchase multiple, let's and then let's run an ad to them to get them to purchase more. Or maybe someone has bought one of our core products, and now we're extending the line, and now we're adding complementary products. Let's run an ad to people that have purchased our products in the past to get them to buy more. So that loyalty component, something that really a lot of Amazon sellers just had to kind of hope happened or they had to, to just rely on having a good quality product to make that happen. Now you can bolster that with really powerful ad targeting as well. So,
1: okay, yeah, so and to your point, uh, you kind of took the next one the cross promotion oh, uh, aspect. Uh, that's all right. Uh, I, I've got like so much in my head. I'm, I'm just trying
0: right. to, I'm just trying to one up <laughs> you, I'm trying to, try to <laughs> put it under here.
1: Um, and, and yeah, and that's an awesome one, especially when there's so many brands that have uh products that are in the same category, but maybe somebody really wanted that you know suntan lotion but didn't realize they had. You know XYZ or whatever other product. Yeah, I'm
0: selling cutting boards and I'm selling knives or I'm selling yeah. knives that now I'm adding this new knife that any you know smart home cook needs to have type of thing. So you got opportunities to reach back out to your buyers. Yeah. And the cool thing is the
1: ad that's being shown, that product doesn't have to meet the threshold of 5,000 unique visitors. It's the audience being targeted. And, that, and that's a big yep. thing that I think uh, people get, can get confused with because if you have any product like you just said, and maybe you want to launch it strong, you can use your past purchasers, past viewers that didn't purchase. There's a lot of things that can be done there. Awesome. Uh, so move, moving up. Moving up. And this
0: one is... What I'm always moving up. Think, think like bottom of funnel. Also think smaller audiences moving up to larger audiences. So bottom of the funnel is you know repeat purchase loyalty, then you know cross promotion and then a little broader, a little higher up in the funnel is...
1: Well, and actually, I I know you teed me up and now I'm going back, but (laughs) uh, you can send this traffic to your storefront. So, thinking cross promotion and things like that, just on a side note, it doesn't have to go to the product page. Um, It can go to your storefront if you want to build more brand awareness. Yep. Yep. But yeah, the next one, which I love it, but there's inherent challenges, but it's got the most scale and the most uh, bang for the buck in terms of aggressive growth is competitor targeting or custom in market, depending who you talk to. Uh, And and it's essentially the same logic as retargeting, where you can target a group of ASINs and exclude past purchasers, but you can do this on your own competitors. So let's say you're selling... um, And this this
0: is one word, just to kind of underscore this. I think
1: most people are going to be like, what?
0: Yeah. What, what, what can you do here? I remember when I first heard this, I'm like, I'm like coming out of my chair. Like, you know, <laughs> because I've been a marketer for, you know, all, like all my adult life. And I'm like, what, you, you can actually do this? Because, you know, on the Google side, people ask us all the time, like, hey, can we retarget our competitor shoppers? And I'm like, sure, just talk, call your competitor, uh, I'll, you know, get them to allow you to put your remarketing code on their website you know, get them to put your pixel there. And then, you know, obviously, no, you can't retarget your competitors' shoppers. It it seems a little
1: illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, one, you couldn't do it unless you did something nefarious or you could ask permission, which you're going to get rejected. Uh, There's one sort of workaround that I won't even get into. It's called Custom Affinity, but it's nowhere near uh, what you can do here. Uh, So yeah, so you can give Amazon a list of your competitors' ASINs and they'll build an audience around that. And, and so continue your thought there. You even said exclude purchasers.
1: Yeah. So the idea of... Let's say you've got um, a cutting board, right? But uh, it's a higher price point. It's a premium product. So you want to start going after uh, competitors that are in your price range or low reviews. And so I'm getting a little Louise, but I think this is helpful. Like Maybe there's 100 total competitors, but you only want to go after 20 based on whatever metrics you... Uh, put the most priority on. The, the, the idea there
0: is, say hey, the people shopping for these, these twenty cents that I've selected are more likely to be my shopper. My product is more comparable from a price right. standpoint. Right. You've got an $80 it.
1: walnut cutting board that is gold plated and uh, there's a $10 plastic cutting board set yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Don't
1: target those shoppers. Not the same shopper. Not necessarily, especially at the beginning, you know, start with your low sand fruit and, and it's scalable. Um, but in that same line of reasoning though, so you're targeting this 28th cents. but if somebody had already bought one of the other 80, are they really in the market again for a cutting board? How many cutting boards do you need? Yeah. You yeah. Uh, I, I think my wife has like six. So I, I guess the answer is you're a lot. maxed out. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Although I don't know. Maybe <laughs>
0: she saw the right ad. Maybe she saw the gold plated walnut one you were talking about. She might have to go for it. For 80 bucks,
1: I think she would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but the logic there says, okay, I want to target these 20 ASINs, people view them, let's say, past 30 days, maybe past 14, has a big audience. You can go smaller. But you want to exclude maybe 80 of those 100 competitors or all 100. So that's something that I think is missed sometimes where oh, I'm targeting these 20, I'll exclude the 20. That's nice. That's awesome. But you really want to expand that because someone may have bought... And, and when
0: you say exclude, you said you're targeting them and excluding them. I mean, you're targeting the shoppers, but you're excluding people that have
1: converted already. Right. Yeah. My mind's already like moving to like, I'm going to go set this up. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> target, target. We're going to sell some fictitious <laughs> cutting boards. Uh, like yeah. People who have viewed those 20 cents, let's say past 30 days, and exclude people that have bought all competitors past 60 days, 120 days, 30 days, whatever you want... Uh, The other thing you do with that is you exclude your own brand from views and purchases. that's also one of the biggest aspects where you're going genuine new to brand. And
0: and the idea that... Because you want anybody as viewed your product, you want your remarketing campaigns to capture that person. Right. And if they've already purchased,
1: you've got a repurchase campaign. The biggest thing that we focus on is segmentation and that granularity. If, If something can be attributed several times or not controlled knowing where it's at... Uh, you're not doing yourself any service in terms of them being able to scale that and attribute appropriately. So yeah, absolutely. Let retargeting take care of that. Exclude it from the competitor so that it's 100 percent new to brand. And it's one of those that like when you we talk on that, like you said, you just you get excited. You're like, this is amazing. Kind of freak out about it, yeah. And it is, but it's not one of those that like. All right, you set it up and you're 10x, and you know. Money's flowing, you know, from everywhere. Uh, so it is definitely a strategy that we pair with those uh, lower in the funnel. You know, retirement purchasing. Have to have that foundation built first
0: before you before you go higher in the funnel, for sure. And, yeah, and yeah. The thing, the thing that I would say about display, and if you've ever dabbled in Google Display Network or display ads through Yahoo or Gemini back in the day or whatever, like, it, yeah, display ads not a set it and forget it. Type of approach. Like it takes a lot of pruning and refining and editing and some some things you thought would work don't work. And like it, it, it is a little more complex. I think mean, that's why some people shy away from it. Yeah. But the benefit there is really, really big. So okay. the benefit's huge. And, and
1: the cool thing is, like you get your retargeting person said it's a finite audience, you set it, uh, and then you need to like, kind of feed that funnel. And and if you're looking for sales growth, that custom in, uh, in market or competitive targeting didn't do that because. Once you do tweak it and find that sweet spot of return, both uh, within DSP uh, attribution and then the bottom line sales actually growing, that's scalable. Uh, I won't say infinite, but it is very much scalable where retargeting obviously has a finite audience. And it does feed that funnel, which is an awesome thing as well. It absolutely does. And that,
0: that's where really getting all these things together, right? Sponsor product, sponsor brand, sponsor brand video, getting your DSP retargeting, then you go higher in the funnel DSP, like you can really create some some magic here. So we are we're, we're, we're kind of coming up against time here pretty quickly, but I want to highlight a few other things. So we've got this, you know, custom um, in market. I think is is that what we call it custom in market? Custom in market or competitor right, targeting. Right. That's what we just talked about, the competitor targeting, competitor conquesting is another word for it too. Uh, then if we want to go higher in the funnel, what are our options beyond that?
1: Sure. Uh, so Amazon offers in-market audiences. So that is something that they create on their end. And it's basically people in the market for the categories given. So one might be you know, premium skincare or uh, keto-friendly products. Uh, and these organic, are massive food. Yeah, like these are massive audiences, upwards of hundreds of thousands of people to millions. Um, but that, if you hit that and get that working well, the scalability there is actually infinite. Like I don't think anyone can ever max that audience out, right? Because um, is always being
0: refreshed, right? And one one cool yeah. thing that Amazon does here, they do this automatically, which is brilliant. Is it, they'll build this audience of people that are in the market for uh, organic dog food, as an example. Once someone purchases the organic dog food, now they're removed from the list, and they're almost removed in real time. So you're not wasting impressions running to someone who's in this end market audience. Yeah, but really, they just bought, and so yep. Amazon keeps that updated, which is which is pretty exciting. And,
1: and as side note, I know I know we're up on time, but uh, one of the things that we see is there's a lot of advertisers on Amazon that advertise on Google or their own site, so they're running display off Amazon and DSP shows off and on Amazon. And Amazon offers the ability to actually pixel websites so that you can exclude from your targeting people that have viewed that site. So, the idea of like maybe you're spending, you know, 100K on display for your site. And so, you don't want to kind of cross streams and overpay for something in a space that you're kind of competing on the bid. Uh, You can actually negate audiences to your site. Uh, with that. Uh, and then other audiences are you can actually do lookalike audiences based on your email list if you have over 20,000. And you can also do lookalike for um, your website traffic as well. And you can target those specific audiences, like if you have 20,000 email lists or people that visit your site. But that's not normally the case uh, in, in the sense that makes sense because you want to bring it back to your site. but. Uh, I know I said that quickly, but those are a couple other things.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you un- underscored that, and, th- and this this kind of gets into a larger topic that we'll just touch on very briefly. But you know, as we talk to clients or as I interview people on the podcast, people that have their own website and sell on Amazon, you know, there's a lot of debate on what should the strategy be. There, should I try to send people to my website or should I try to send them to Amazon? And I think the best approach is. If someone has clearly identified themselves as an Amazon shopper, I shop on Amazon and send them to Amazon. That's what they want, right? You try to fight, try to force someone to change their behavior. It's not going to go that well. But if someone has already been to your site or they've already purchased from your site or you still think you got a chance of getting them to purchase on your site, then send them there, right? And so I love that ability to segment, which you just talked about, where you can say, hey, this person has been to my site let's exclude them from our Amazon targeting. See if we can let our site retargeting and some of the things we're doing, you know, off Amazon to point them there. Absolutely. So then, then going higher in the funnel than that, Chris, and, and mostly what we've talked about so far, that's where most advertisers are, go- are going to want to, uh, to focus. And that's where they're going to want to, to spend most of their efforts. But, but there are other options in DSP. So you want to talk about some other targeting options that are available?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the main one... Uh, is lifestyle or kind of interest targeting, and uh, it kind of makes you laugh sometimes. Like, there's an audience for people who like Denzel Washington movies, like <laughs> legit. But like,
0: hey, Amazon knows that, right? Because of Amazon Prime, yeah, uh, the videos, and you know, people buying DVDs, whatever, for people that still do that. So like, if you're, like, you're yeah. selling, yeah. if you're selling Denzel Washington
1: movie posters, you have a, we we have the audience for you. So reach out after the <laughs> uh, podcast. <laughs>
0: We we can help people get more Denzel, and that's what um, a lot of people want. So, for sure. oh, what's interesting as a side note, we actually learned this you know several years ago when we were going through our DSP training. We actually we were one of the fastest growing agencies with Amazon DSP, so we got invited to the Amazon HQ, which was a lot of fun. That was that was, that was Chris and I. that got to do that. Um, they were talking about hey, you know some some big movie releases will use the Amazon DSP yeah. to do their new movie launch, which makes sense because you can you can do exactly what you said, like Denzel Washington fans or so these are people that have purchased. Um, Marvel merchandise, right? Or Avenger merchandise.
1: Well, let's market to them about the new Avenger movie coming And, out. and the cool thing is you can layer these uh, audiences. Layering. So let's say you've got an in-market for... Uh, I can't think of something related to Denzel. But you know, you're running an in-market and then you want to layer that with the lifestyle. Um, you can also add in uh, demographics, which we don't do a ton because even Amazon says they're not all exactly accurate. But you can do gender. So male, female, that's something we're testing... Uh, separate campaigns to understand how they perform, adjust different creatives based on gender. Um, But I would look at those... Which makes a lot of
0: sense because maybe you're looking at an in-market audience, but for whatever reason, because of the way you've positioned or or built your product or whatever, you're 60 or 70% female. And so you can build out those audiences of in-market or competitor targeting or whatever, but then layer in that gender uh, demo targeting and get a little more focused. For
1: yeah, people. layering works better for those. If you go after them as a standalone, uh, yeah, it doesn't perform. Then, then you're kind great. of moving away from the
0: real benefits of Amazon yep. DSP, which is using that shopper behavioral data and and leveraging that for exactly. For benefit. So this is awesome, man. Uh, we could keep going, and we probably will need to. Man, you're probably going to get your wish. Dang it! Um, I hope everyone who's listening
1: to this sends in like, "Hey, we want more of." You know, Chris and Brett, but Chris That's, Tyler and Brett. You will have to underscore that because Chris Brewer, co-founder, will, will probably try to take credit.
0: He'll try probably try. Oh, for sure. sure. For sure. Yeah. But uh, really good stuff. So again, uh, we do have a resource here. It's the Amazon DSP roadmap. It kind of outlines some of the things that we've talked about. It also talks about what do what good ads look like, right? And, and so how do you build these DSP ads and things along those lines? So check that out. Um and it's available at omgconverse.com under guides. And then it's the DSP roadmap. We'll also link to it in the show notes here for this show. Um, kind of as the last thing, this would kind of be the, the last uh, question I'll ask because I think this is a, an important one. And I bet there are a lot of people listening that have this same question. Uh, how does DSP compare to sponsored display, right? Because now a lot of people have access to sponsored display ads. So you could do some of this stuff on your own in in um, you know the the interface where you're building your sponsored products and all your other ads, DSP is a separate engine. It's a separate platform. What what separates DSP from sponsored display?
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think Sponsor Display is growing and improving, so I don't want to knock it for the long yeah, term. There'll be
0: improvements, just like you know, it's kind of a minimum viable product that Amazon's going to iterate and improve. And, and they'll build on, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: there's there's no control in Sponsor Display, and uh, both on the retargeting side and then similar product use, which is their variation of competitor targeting. Uh, where on Sponsor Display, it's really those of the two. And and you can go into interest and things like that, though. It's hit or miss, very much so. Uh, with DSP, there's probably like hundreds of levers that we pull on every strategy. So at the beginning of the DSP conversation, we talked about all the different options. Like we didn't even talk on like device type and supply source and, uh, you know, what are the bids and placement kind of within those bids. And so it it's really night and day where DSP, we can control so much. And, and along those lines, also the timeline of targeting. Uh, that's a separate call where we talk but it's insight beta and, and, and consideration phases. We can see that on our end so that we can segment different time periods to show different ads. Uh, so it's, it's really control, levers, scalability when you go into competitor targeting. Uh, Sponsor Display play doesn't offer that at all, with in terms of picking ASINs. Um, and for me, there's no question DSP yeah, is light years ahead, but. Talk to me a year or two, and, and they may be closer for sure. Yeah, they,
0: may, they may be more similar. Yeah, when you look at, and this kind of underscores something we talked about a minute ago, but uh, display has inherent uh, risks, right? Display has waste built in. There are things that can cause a display campaign to just not be profitable a lot of the controls we use to get to profitability and to get to the level of efficiency we need are not available in in sponsored display. So they'll likely get there. It'll likely catch up. I'm sure that it will in a lot of ways. But as of right now, yeah, we, we don't even consider them on the, on the same playing field. Right, moment. yeah. So, uh, awesome. Uh, Chris, appreciate it, man. This has been fantastic. If you would like to chat with Chris Tyler and potentially get a, an ad audit for your Amazon ad account or just see how you can improve your performance, talk strategy, geek out on some of these kind of full funnel build outs. We've been talking about uh, Chris is available. He is uh, in high demand, but he is available some uh, to do that. So you can reach out to us at omgcommerce.com. Uh, but with that, man, thanks for coming on. You, you nailed it. You crushed it. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. So as always, we want to hear from you Uh, Maybe give Chris Tyler some love because it sounds like he needs it. And so uh, (laughs) so reach out. I get so nervous (laughs) with these, man. (laughs) (laughs) You did awesome. So uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more of. We'd like to hear less of other show ideas. Uh, And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.